ICA Gear has outfitted over 10,000 bow hunters across the country, and we're continuing to raise the bar when it comes to bow hunting camo. New for the 23 season, we introduce our never-before-seen panel fabric system designed to be dead quiet along with our patent-pending bow hunting collar, Osseo Gear. Features and function built for bow hunters by bow hunters. Learn more at asiogear.com. Welcome to Bear Bow Hunter Podcast with your host, Nate Bailey, where we look to the ancient paths of our hunting ancestors to guide our future, where woodsmanship and hard work outweigh advanced shooting devices, where we value those who have gone before us and welcome those who are yet to come. Join us as we exchange valuable insight about the Bear Bow Hunter's lifestyle. Welcome to another edition of Bear Bow Hunters Podcast. I hope you guys are getting out and shooting some arrows. Um, if you guys haven't been seeing that uh, we're going out and we are starting to stump shoot. And uh, on the sunny days, we're going to eventually get after those squirrels. We got a squirrel season down here that's year round and hoping to get out after them. But uh, so far, since I started, you know, getting a little bit less of waterfowl seasons going away and things like that, I... I've uh, wanted to get out after, but shoot, it's been, you know, overcast and rain, and I'll take it. It's going to probably make a good elk season for us. It'll make a lot of feed, but uh, we're out stump shooting. I'm coming along with a card, too. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna publish this to all the places that uh, we have Bear Bow Hunter stuff and um, kind of make a Bear Bow Hunters uh, stump shooting contest card kind of thing. So w- the way it'll work is... Um, take a little piece of flagging with you, put it on the stump, and then uh, you and some buddies or you and yourself could shoot at the, that stump. And and then um, on the card itself, it'll be kind of like a golf card for those of you who've ever played golf. And then you could um, give yourself – and then up on top of the card, it'll have a measuring to where if you're within like five inches of your um, little piece of tape that you were shooting at on the stump, then you'll get uh, – five points if you're within two inches you'll get 10 points and if you hit the stump you get a point and then you guys could go through and do 18 of those and each person can pick the stump and then put you know where put the flagging on the stump where they want to shoot it and uh you guys it'd be just kind of fun and i think it'd be something we could follow on social media and try to get us back together as traditional bow hunters and just get us out there shooting i was thinking that would be a cool thing so I'm going to do that. I want to. I want to provide them free of charge if I can, um, just so you guys could get out and get after it. And uh, because I, I, man, if it wasn't for stump shooting, I don't know traditional bow hunting wise, uh, really what <laughs> what I should be out there doing. But anyhow, um, yeah, it, it helped me so much that that's probably what's led to uh, probably most of my big game kills was actually the small game and the stump shooting so i think it's that important and i want to help other people there's a lot of people trying to get in traditional bow hunting and i think it's a great way to get people out and get them involved and getting them around their bows so um with that said we did come up if you guys want to help support you know what we're trying to do here trying to get people out and stuff we did come up with a stump shooter t-shirt and um you can find it over at the life outdoors or, or you could type in barebowhunter.com too and that'll take you there 
um, if you want to help us help support that. So enough of that. Let's get on with this podcast. I'm going to read to you today. Um, the What we're talking about today is the importance, I think, of the tradition part of traditional bow hunting and um, the why behind we choose to be bow hunters. Um, you know, if you really look at it, if you look at life and, and all humans that are on this earth, I don't care what race, color, or creed you are, you came from ancestors who all shot a bow and arrow. And that's an important thing because we're only, if you think about it, we're only a couple hundred years detached from that. For thousands of years, um, whether you be, you know, a Native American and, and you're, you were shooting, you know, a you would flat bow or whether you came from, uh, you know, Europe and you're shooting some of the old long bows or whether you're from Africa and, and you're using some of those horn bows or Asia or you were attached to the bow and arrow somehow or another. Your ancestors were, and that's part of the reason you're here. And I, th- I think we need to get back to understanding some of that. You know, we, oh, in this modern age, we, we kind of turn things around uh, sometimes. And, and that's the reason for this podcast. That's the reason I really brought Barebow Hunters to light. And that's, and that's the reason I think Traditional Bow uh, Hunter Magazine is out. And, and a lot of the organizations like PBS and, and Comptons and all these organizations is they understand the value of um, being a human who has relied on the bow for their subsistence and and for their safety for thousands of years and it's it's ingrained in us we have it in us and we need to understand some of that we need to understand the deep ramifications of that um i think as we start getting more mechanical and things we start losing more of our humanity of who we are and as we start built so a lot of people sit and look at the ancients and think the ancients um were basically ignorant and dumb and i venture to say that through um technology we are we are becoming dumber uh we are having to lean less on our god-given uh humanity on the things that we're built for we don't have to do as much um i mean just getting firewood and i know most of you guys that listen to this firewood's not a big deal but if if you're living in a big city there you know how many people probably the majority of people in america now have never really had to go out and get firewood and put up firewood over you know for a winter's worth of firewood and use it for their sole source of heat um we do that in our household just really for the same reason i shoot trad bows is because i don't want to lose I don't want to lose some of the things that it takes to get firewood. I don't want to lose the um, skills and the woodsmanship it takes to do these things. And that's a big reason why I hunt, too, is I'm putting up meat um, in my freezers just like I'm putting up firewood. So I I think it's very important, especially in our culture now. Um, I think traditional bow hunting uh, and, and even beyond just, you know, bow hunting's cool in itself right so i mean even the technology um of compound bows and the and all the um range finders and all that that's even a step above than going and buying it and i think that's a great thing but i think we even lose something there and i i i don't want to downgrade 
um, the use of compound bows, I, I don't want, I don't want to downgrade that. What I want to do though, is I want to say that the people that are using compound bows are relying more on technology than they are on their own, uh, human, um, predatorness, I guess is what you want to say, or, or the stuff that we've been built of. Um, I don't want to say that completely because, you know, there's guys that are shooting compound bows at 30 and under too, um, just for maybe medical reasons or, or some other reason. But, um, I got called out for saying that somebody shouldn't be shooting a compound at a hundred yards at an animal. I, I just, I, I got called out for it and, uh, I didn't know who it was, but I guess he's some real well-known bow hunter and he was on Instagram and I called, I, and I think he's cheating himself. And I think we're cheating ourselves with technology. I think we cheat our own persons and not so much the animals, you know, um, the animals, um, you could shoot an arrow at, at probably 40 yards and you're not going to, you're not, that arrow will be there just as fast with a compound as I will at 20 yards with my stick bow. So, uh, so, and then the chance of, uh, arrow reaching an animal at 40 yards unknown is better than a chance of one at 20 yards because of, you know, what goes on unknown. So I think, I think, um, when we approach this, we have to approach it from a certain angle. And that angle is that, um, we are looking at the the traditions and the um, metaphysical things of bow hunting, I think are really lessened with the technology. And I think as more people start getting into tradition bow, traditional bows, um, they really can start shooting these things and hunting with them. And a lot of the problem is, is people don't think they can and that's why i think that the stump shooting and everything else is very important to get out there so guys that are you know sh shooting traditional bows but hunting with their compounds still would build the confidence to switch over and start hunting with their trad bows and i think that's going to build something in humanity it's going to make you a little bit more resourceful um i mean you know you could build a string out in the woods if you really 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 had to say we had um to, to go back to, you know, being a hunter gatherer type of a society. If you know how to do those things now, um, you're, you're going to, you're going to thrive a little bit better because of your skill, not because of the technology. I mean, eventually the cables are going to wear out on those, on those, um, compound bows. So if, if you're building everything off of that, I, I don't know. We may never, we probably will never go back to not having compound bow strings, but I want to always be able to, and, um, even to the point of getting away from, you know, carbon arrows and things like that, or, or at least, um, being proficient in being an aerosmith and being proficient in being a bow smith, being proficient in making your own bow strings that, that's where I'm headed. That's where Barebow Hunters is headed, and uh, and it all comes from being proficient with what you shoot. So, anyhow, I said all that to say, you know, there's been a big push of younger people coming into traditional bow hunting over the last probably six, seven years, 
you know, the big eruption of social media brought a lot of that on. And certain people coming into it, too, have helped with that. Um, but I think that we have I – th- I think that brought some some negative connotations to it, too. And, and what I mean by that is I think we threw the baby out with the bathwater. We, we – um, of course, we had you know a bunch of people that didn't like seeing the growth um, of people, uh, and and then the younger crowd really got after getting really good at shooting, and they have. I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of good shoot shots out there, and a lot of a lot of good uh, shooting videos and things like that that are helping a lot of younger people. I would say, in traditional bow hunting. Or, or in, I should say, in traditional archery, not so much bow hunting, maybe, but in traditional archery, the amount of people that can shoot proficiently has grown exponentially. It's it's really really well, and so um, that's that's pretty cool. But I think also some of the woodmanship has changed, and I also think that some of the technology that we have now um, allows us to. Um, leverage our tags or our hunting time better and so people are finding a lot more um, success early on than say when when I was their age growing up man we did not have (laughs) we didn't have all the technology I mean like right now I could go and probably find an elk on my computer find an elky spot on my computer and uh, just go after it and before it took I mean, even if you're looking at maps, you can kind of tell where they're going to be on a map, but you couldn't switch it over to satellite view and then could reconfirm. You had to go put your feet on the ground to see if it looked like it should from the topo lines and all that. So there, there is a lot of differences in the traditional bow hunting world today. But this podcast is to try to call you guys back or, or to call some of us back to... Um, that fire that's inside of all of us that our ancestors put in us. And I'm going to read you something because I think it's, it's really pertinent. And I think it's really part of, um, uh, traditional bow hunting and bow hunting altogether, really. And uh, one of the things before I jump into that, one of the things is, you know, our bow seasons were created for a short game. So the minute that we started adding, um, technology that now allows us to shoot at 50 60 70 80 100 yards um we have actually messed up our bow seasons a little bit and and i i know people are take i know they have problems with me saying that but it's absolutely true when we have made it to where it's become easier and it has you cannot convince me otherwise um getting a bull within 50 yards is pretty easy quite honestly it's pretty easy Getting a black-tailed deer within 50 yards in the places that I hunt is really easy. I see a, I see black-tailed bucks every year. I'm within 50 yards of black-tailed bucks all the time. So much so, I'm actually going to probably turn and start uh, using my muzzleloader and rifle hunting with my muzzleloader just because I, I have a really hard time getting within 20 yards of them or 30 yards to shoot them with my trad bow. But I, I know for sure I'm going to be able to do it with my rifle and so i'm stepping away from those special seasons that i've been given that allow me a lot of opportunities to get within a short distance of the animals well now when we start creating um when we start creating 
bows that could be used within those seasons that were never, when those seasons were um, thought of, those bows were never around. Shooting at 50 yards when I was a kid was like what it is to shoot 120 yards nowadays. Um, shooting When people shot 50 yards when I was a kid with the bows that were out, that was like a really, really long shot. And, and uh, we would ooh and ah over a 50-yard shot when I was a kid. Nowadays, that's like normal for most bow hunters. That's probably where most of the bow hunters are killing their animals is 50 yards, especially if you're, if you're headed over east and, um, and you're shooting across some of those prairies and things. Guys are shooting stuff at 70 yards. I, I hear every year I hear people killed their elk at 70 yards. And it's not that it can't be done. What I'm saying is, is we've created a equipment that has superseded the season that we created. And by doing such, we're losing opportunity over that. That's why Oregon has gone to a, it's gone to a um, tag system in Eastern Oregon. It's, it's no longer one tag. You have to go through a controlled tag system. And, you know, we first lost a couple units and then, oh, that was in the 2000s. You used to be able to just go down by a tag and you could hunt the whole state. And I did that for years. Now, I'm not sitting here complaining. What I'm saying is this is the way it's going to be. Um, as we get better and better and better, and I've, I use technology. I use um, base maps and OnX and all that. And so that's a technological thing. I use game cameras, not so much for elk season, but for deer. So that's a techno technological thing. So we really need to start asking ourselves, what are we wanting to produce? Are, are we... Are, do we want more time in the woods? That's the reason I went to bow hunting anyhow, is I wanted more time up close with animals. That's, that is totally why I went bow hunting. Um, is because, for one, you could see so many more elk um, during bow season. It, it was just the way it was. Um, you could see a lot of deer during bow season. Back in the day, boy, where, where I was hunting eastern Oregon to see deer, um, you would always run across probably... 10, 11 bucks in, in a couple days time easily. And it was almost like, well, I'm not going to shoot a buck in, until one just makes it really like I have to shoot him. Um, but that's not the case nowadays, but at the same time, they were just so easy to get on and everything else during bow season back in the day. And I'm, when I'm saying back in the day, I'm talking like 1985 to 92, 93 is when I did most of my early bow hunting. Um, it, it was just a completely different game. And, and those seasons were based on those games. And we had a lot of opportunity. And of course, we didn't have, I mean, I could go up in Ochico's, which is one of the heavier units now. A heavier populated unit for people and I could call anywhere I wanted to and I would probably see one other guy bow hunting and in the section unit that now I mean I, I run across people all the time so things have definitely changed and and that's part of the change too I think in the tags but if you look at success rates or or even worse yet or unsuccess rates guys uh, and I'm gonna say this and, I, and it's true, okay? So I'm not pulling this out of my rear end, but um, I know guys that have lost. I know of, oh, probably five or six elk lost last year that have been shot. 
that was something that, I mean, that was some, even if you shot one when I was a kid, that was a big deal there that you could, you would say a town of Butte Falls. If somebody shot an elk with an arrow, even if they didn't get it, the whole town knew about it because nobody was shooting elk with arrows, but we have four or five that I know of last year, just alone that were shot and lost. Um, one of them, uh, they actually found it a week later and, and then, um, several of them, I, I know of several the year before that, where a guy shot and lost one and then didn't mark his tag off and then killed another one on top of that. So when we're starting to talk about this stuff, this is part of the reason that we're losing our opportunities. And I, I'm, I'm big about why traditional bow or, or not just traditional, but why bow hunting seasons were even invented it, it for me. And I think for most people, but maybe it's not, maybe bow hunting has changed. Maybe it's all about the kill and, and pushing those limits to get that kill and, and testing yourself at those longer ranges. Now, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what bow season is about. And, uh, so I'm going to read a little bit of this. This is, comes out of, um, hunting with a bow and arrow by Saxon Pope. He was Saxon. So Pope and young. You guys have probably heard of them, but Pope and Young were probably the, I don't want to say the fathers of, of both seasons in America, but they kind of were. And so th this is what he has to say about bow hunting. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, and I'll, I'll read it here. This is uh, on page 111 of Hunting with the Bow and Arrow with uh, Saxton Pope. Okay, in the early dawn of life, man took up weapons against beasts around him. With a club, axe, and spear, and knife, and sling, he protected himself or sought his game. Could you imagine? I want to go with a spear. You know, what cracks me up is um, there were people that got in trouble with hunting bears with spears. Now, no, nobody got in trouble with hunting bears with a long-range rifle, but a spear? Why? Why would you even think that that was a problem that somebody would spear a bear i mean that bear if you want to talk about fair chase that bear had every instance of getting to that dude i, I don't know there's something about that or an axe or a club a club could you imagine being in a fight and this happened you guys in in our not so recent past this happened we've lost something We've, technology has taken something away from us. When you have a population that is like, oh my gosh, he speared a bear. Compared to a population 250 years ago that would have been, oh, thank goodness he speared a bear. Think about that. Where have we come as humans? Now, these same humans are eating meat from some farm raised animal that was shot in the head somehow or another yet they don't even look at that because it was meat it's not an animal it's just meat you see how far we've come this is getting ridiculous um it's absolutely ridiculous i i i, I can't i there's nothing else i can say about it um man <clears throat> Anybody that goes out and spears a bear is, um, in my eyesight, 
is probably more honest about what they're doing than just about anybody. Um, you guys, let's think about this stuff. This is why I like traditional bow hunting is it's part of us. This is, this is something that is so deep into us. That it's, it's part of our soul. Okay. So, um, with a club and axe and or sought out game to strike at a distance, he devised a bow. With the implements of chase, he has won his way in the world. Now, see, even the mindset back in those days was a little bit different. Now, I'm not saying that we haven't evolved in our mindsets a little bit better because we were pretty hard on things, too. During uh, Pope's... Now, and Pope and Young weren't that way, but there were people that were. You know, the whole idea of eradicating the buffalo so the American Indian could not eat was just absolutely, utterly disgusting and i don't know how a human could actually think that way i I, and i don't think it's an evolutionary process i think people just allowed themselves to lie to themselves but today we uh going back to the book here today there's no need to battle with the beast of the prey or little necessary to kill wild animals for food but still hunting instincts persist. Now, this is where I would disagree. I think there is definitely a need to kill wild animals for food, more so than domesticated animals. I think it's we need to understand that because I think it's partially a deep part of our soul. And we need to, under, if we're going to understand our humanity, we need to be able to look our food and, and be um, covered in its blood to understand who we are as humans. And I'll go, I could go into that later, but um, really think about that. That is part of who you are. That's, that is um, the gratification and the understanding of what it takes for an animal to be sacrificed to keep me alive is something that is so much deeper and so much more human than um, just raising an animal. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm a... I'm a deep respecter of those who raise animals and kill them too for, for food. I think that's a honest endeavor. And I think that if you look into the, to what they see and how they feel and all the stuff that they have to do to sustain themselves, they are being honest as well. But, um, this enlightenment idea that we don't need to hunt, it's just sport is ridiculous. It's absolutely, and I think that's part of the problem is we want to be enlightened human beings that move past our modern ideas of things, and we've moved into this new utopia of humanity. That's ridiculous and wrong. And I and what we need to do is we need to come back to what we are as human and understand our humanity. And that's why traditional bow hunting brings us back to that. the The technology of the world takes it away. Technology. Don't get me wrong, you guys. If you're bow hunting with a compound bow, kudos to you. Because at least you're going out there and you're, you are um, wanting to be real and you're wanting to feed yourself with your own meat that you're taking with your own hand. So the reality of things. But I do think the reality – I'm sorry. I should have finished that thought. The, you're, you're actually living out the reality – of what it takes to sustain yourself. So you're not lying to yourself like those who eat hamburgers in restaurants and then yell at you for killing animals. So kudos to you. But I think you are losing something um, with technology. I mean, like we lost something the minute we made the bow rather than 
taking a club <laughs> that we made things a little bit better in our favor. Don't get me wrong. And I, I'm about that, but, um, taking an, uh, say taking an elk with a spear would be a whole different experience than even what I'm doing. And I wonder when they made the bows, if people were like, um, wow, you're shooting that thing at 20 yards, man, that's not, we're losing some of our woodsmanship. How, how are you able to sneak that last 10 yards? You're losing something. So, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I know that argument, you guys. I know what, I know those of you who are, and, and of course you got the whole argument of whether or not you're more um, apt to wound an animal with less primitive stuff. Yeah, of course, I understand all that. But what I'm saying is, is that we are losing some of our woodsmanship when we add more and more and more and more technology at some point we got to ask ourselves how far is too far and um i would say 50 yard shots are getting to where maybe we need to start under maybe going to a muzzle loader rather than a bow now okay let's continue on here the love of the taste still thrills us and all the misty pass echoes with its hunter's call so there's something inside of us that brings us to it. And I think it's even deeper than that. I think these guys come from an enlightened, um, mo- postmodern. Well, they've still got a lot of modern thinking in their, in their ideas. But the enlightenment really um, built on humanity. And they look at, thing as be- at things as being some. It, it's almost like um, we've evolved past the fact that we need to hunt to eat. And... Um, we're just doing this now for sport because it's connecting us to our ancestors. And I, I don't believe that at all. I, I think we're connected to our ancestors in, in the hunt because that's the way it always is. And it's the way it's always going to be. I don't think that we're doing this as a sport. Um, and I do get some of the sentiment that, yeah, we could go down and buy our own meat and stuff. But quite honestly, you guys, that's if, if, if we live like that, um, Rather than saying, no, this is who I am. This is my life. This is how I do things. Um, we're going to lose it. Uh, we, we need to stand up for the rule things that we do. And hunting's one of those things. Okay, I'm going to continue on. And the joy of hunting is instinctively woven in the love of the great outdoors. Yes, 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 and yes more. And that doesn't matter what kind of equipment you carry. I think a lot of people are out there for that same reason. And the beauty of the woods and the valleys and the mountains and the sky feeds the soul of the sportsman. Let's not call it sportsman um, of the outdoorsman. Let's let's call it that because uh, I just hate the word sport when it comes with hunting. And I'll, and it almost okay. I'm going to jump off here for a second. And I'm going to go on this other end. It almost makes it. If it's a sport, then it becomes competition. And if you look at Instagram feeds or even YouTube channels that have to continue to do bigger and better things, um, man, it starts perverting things, you know. And then, and then guys are being pushed to do things, and it's just it, it, it's a circle that's really hard to feed itself. If we if we just call it a sport rather than what it really is, a lifestyle and who we are and foundational it's just as foundational as the dirt that we walk on and the trees that we're around is that we hunt if we don't look at it that way we're 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 not looking at it in the right light and that's why 
I, I think that we need to understand um, what hunting really is and that it's not just a sport. Okay. After all, it's not the killing that brings satisfaction, and it should never be completely that. The There's so many different things. It's so hard to put into words. The accomplishment of what you're trying to do, the, the journey to get there, the things that you see as you do it, the blown stocks, the, the experiences of, you know, not getting your wind right. All of those things are a part of the hunt. But the final act of the hunt is a part of that too. But it shouldn't be the total focal point, even though it's the total goal. And it's hard to put that into words. Um, for some people, it is the total focal point and the total goal, and that's all they're there for. And you know, and people are going to say, oh, that's the guy that doesn't kill things all the time saying that, or he doesn't kill big animals, or, you know, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I'm not willing, I'm not willing to sacrifice the, the, the sacredness of a hunt to, you know, have to make sure that I buy the certain tags or hunt on certain ground, buy private ground. I want to do it in reality of how it is as a lifestyle. Now, I'm not against all those things, and I understand it, but you got to understand that that creates a worldview of, of how hunting should be, and we have to speak against that. Hunting should not be that. I have a friend who's killed a lot of bulls in his life. He's killed a ton of bulls in his life, and he shot a cow this year. And he shot a cow this year so he could get back to his family, feed them, because it, it is a big part of their life that they eat elk. That's what they eat. Feed them and be around his family. And he got so much crap for not killing a big bull this year because he's known to kill big bulls. And, and in Oregon, you only get one tag. You don't get, you know, two tags. But he chose to kill a cow so he could get back to his family. That's a problem. But I say that's probably most people. And if you don't get jacked up about watching some dude on YouTube calling in the biggest, gnarliest raghorn or spike and shooting it, then something's hunting's turning into something it shouldn't be. I, I, and I know that doesn't sit well with people, and I know that's that's not the the norm in the industry. Everybody's for big antlers. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing big antlers myself, and I love calling in big bulls. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is when that becomes the focal point, when that's all we're doing is we're going out and we're trying to get the better Instagram picture than our buddy, and we're turning down bulls. Now... Don't get me wrong here either. I know people that have waited 21 years for tags and they're not going to shoot the smallest thing that comes in opening day. They're, they're going they're going to try to hunt for a bigger bull to experience that whole hunt, to experience that whole unit, something that, and, and that's a great thing. But when that becomes the focal point year after year, hunt after hunt, that we have to just keep getting bigger, 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 and better, um, I think we've lost something. I think that it's time to go shoot a cow and realize what hunting's all about again. Okay, let me get off my soapbox. Let me read the rest of this. Um, the beauty of the woods, the valleys, the mountains, the skies that feed our soul as sportsmen and the quest for the game only whets the appetite. After all, it's not the killing that brings satisfaction, but the contest 
of skill and cunning. And now there's some people that only hunt mature animals for that. And, and that's cool, man. I'm all about that too. Hunting a mature animal because of the cunning and the skill and testing yourself. That's a good thing. But I'll tell you this right now is those guys aren't, I know a lot of those guys. They'll only shoot mature animals and it's great, but they're not looking at numbers. A lot of them, they use numbers to talk about how to get qualify, how, how mature an animal is, but that's the only reason they're doing it. They're not like, I need a 360 bull because I killed a 350 last year. You see what I'm saying? Um, or <clears throat> they'd rather kill the biggest, gnarliest um, old bull that has tricked other people for years and years and years, even though it might be smaller than a younger bull that would be easier to call in. So th th I understand that. I think that's a, I think that's a good thing to do. But at the same time, you guys, we have to come back to this. We have to come back to hunting. What? Why did we hunt? And don't get me wrong. I bet you our ancestors sat and talked about big antlers. And I bet you they, they would bring out antlers and show each other antlers and all this and that. But I, at the end of the day, it was more, it was ingrained in their soul. And the woodsmanship that took to get that stuff and to do those things was more important. And I'm going to finish it here. True, uh, True Hunter counts his achievement in the proportion of the effort involved and the fairness of the sport. And I, I'm going to jump on this last little bit here, the fairness of the sport. Um, I don't want to call it a sport. You, you guys already know that. But one of the things is with the technology, I think we have turned the bridge on the animals. When you could sh call an, a bull into 70 yards and still shoot him, um, you have a whole lot more of an advantage on that bull than calling him to 30. And how fair is it? And, and I, I tell you what, it's starting to reflect in our seasons. People are starting to understand, you know, the reason that we had to go to control tags over east is because elk numbers were getting to the point where the only way they were able to manage the numbers was the controlled tags of rifles. And there were some units over there, a couple, not many, but a couple, where bow success rates were getting up there right along with rifle. And so if their success, how are they, how are they supposed to go to the rifle hunter and say, you're getting less tags this year because the elk success rate's going up, but yet there are still over-the-counter tags where guys could just walk in and still have the same success rate with their bow. And the way that they're doing that is because of technology. <sighs> I know it's not, I know that's not a um, popular thing. Those of you who are listening to this that hunt with your compounds, I hope you don't feel like I'm trying to get rid of compounds. What I'm trying to do more so is I'm trying to say, where do we stop? At what point or, or what can we do to make these odds a little bit more even, to make, it, to, to make that elk rut be something that is, um, I don't want to say more fair, because, you know, humans just typically always make things easier. That, I mean, and that's progression, and that's not a bad thing. It's just, at what point are we willing to give up the opportunities that we're giving up by having tradition or having um, technology 
that makes something that used to be um, harder and give us more special opportunities, um, more call-ins. Man, you know how many elk I've called in that I passed on that I probably probably even could have killed with my recurve, but I just wasn't sure of it. And with a compound, it would have been a slam dunk. I mean, I mean, in like, in a, just in one season. <laughs> and that's what the seasons were designed around. So I think we need to ask ourselves, before it's too late, it's going to continue to get harder and harder to hunt every year. And I'm telling you what, that's what I'm out there for. I want to be out there every single year hunting elk. I want I want to be able to have those experiences. So I just thought I'd come on here. I um it's a it's an in-between podcast between guests and sometimes it's kind of nice to realign. And I want to hear what you guys have to think. Um you know, I I know all the arguments of of you know going with more technology. I I I've heard it a lot. But at the same time we got to ask ourselves what's too much? And what are we really out there for? What are we really out there for? I mean, even with the rifle, what are we really out there for? I think it's good questions. I, um, you guys, leave me some questions. You know, hit me up wherever you, uh, Bearbow Hunter is. We're all over every social media thing. Hit me up. Um, and let's air some of those questions out, uh, and we'll do it here on the podcast. So hopefully uh, this has got you you're thinking a little bit and and you know, evaluating what you think. I think that's a very good and honest thing. So hopefully if that's all I've done is, is to make you think about it, then I've done my job here until then you guys, those of you jumping into the, the barebow world, um, read some of the old guys, read some of the old timers, read some of the new timers. There's a lot of good new guys coming into this and, uh, get out there and start shooting your bows and, and remember get out there and shoot those stumps and, and shoot some of that small game. I'm sure there's a rabbit season or something close to you. That's open. All right. Until then, take care. Thanks for joining us for another installment of the Bearbow hunter podcast. Remember we couldn't even be talking about this stuff if it wasn't for our public land. So go and support the people that are protecting it. Backcountry Hunters and Anglers and TRCP. Also, if you'd like to see more of Barebow Hunters, go to our Facebook group. Go to our Instagram at Barebow Hunters. Like us and hashtag all of your photos with your Barebow goodness in them. Barebow Hunter. We have a website as well. You can go over there. Check out the rest of the podcast. We have videos. We have t-shirts and hats. Thanks again. Until then, shoot straight.